Hey everybody, welcome to another Beach Talk. And uh, you know, being in the mortgage business, I run into a lot of people around here that are new to the area and they don't really understand the history of this area. And so I decided to bring on two local historians to come tell us a little bit about it. So I've got Connie Mashburn here, who kind of is the Alpharetta historian. And I've got Pat Miller, who's sort of the Roswell historian. And I wanted them to kind of take us through a little bit of uh, North Fulton history, if you will. So the, the first thing I want to know, guys, is how did this become a settlement or how did this place even, you know, why here? Why Roswell Alpharetta? Well, I can answer, uh, there's several answers, but one, one of them is this was Indian Territory, right where we're sitting. Um, we're sitting in downtown Alpharetta. Sitting in downtown Alpharetta. We, we would, this would have been Cherokee County. Um, answer, answer your question, uh, back up just a little bit. Uh, the, the Cherokees were dispossessed in the 1830s. All the land uh, west of the Chattahoochee and north of Carroll County, the last piece of the Cherokee Nation, um, was, was uh, surveyed cut up into either 160 acre lots or 40 acre lots. The, the okay. 40 acres. Like 40 are, acres in a mule? Yep. Mm -hmm. and okay. that's, that's around us here. That, that, and the 40 acres, instead of the 160, is uh, gold was discovered in Dahlonega, and uh, they didn't know where all it was going to be, so they said, well, 40 acres, you got gold on there, it's worth 160. So that's how that happened. Um, then they decided to cut the, uh, the uh, let, it, let it out by land lottery. Uh, everybody that's been in the state for three years, uh, everybody that uh, was an orphan, uh, widows, all got two draws. The Revolutionary War soldiers got two and so forth. And um, the people that participated uh, took a number, and uh, that's the order in which they drew, and they stuck their hand in this barrel and pulled it out, and it had a landlot number on it. They got it, and they paid ten dollars, and that was that was their land. And that was mostly forty acres, uh, one hundred sixty. Well, I, the, the 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 majority of them were one hundred sixty. Okay, because it's just around Delonica that was forty. But they acres. were already residents of Georgia. Uh, yes, yes. Okay. Now, there were some exceptions, like an officer. Uh, in some of the Indian Wars, they got by. But, okay. Um, so, so then uh, people started moving onto those lots and so forth. They made 10 counties out of that area. Um, and then soon they found out that uh, that's way, way too big for our people to have to go to the county seat and, uh, you know, pay taxes, get... Uh, get there. If, if you lived over by the Chattahoochee River in what's now the far east of Johns Creek mm -hmm. and you wanted to get a marriage license or record a deed in the 1840s, you had to go to Canton. So that was a that was a that was probably awful. a solid horseback ride, right? The it could day. be depending on the mode of, tra uh, of transportation. It could be a four or five days thing, mm -hmm. especially oh, really? with ox oxen. Yeah, and travel. if you got called to jury duty, so you had to go to yeah. Canton, and you might have to be there for a week. Wow! Wow! Okay, so, so they busted it up and busted it up, and it was all throughout the. I used to think it was just Milton that was formed for convenience of the residents, but it was all over. They wound up with uh, over twenty counties instead of. Uh, 
authority. But so they, they took the counties and made them smaller so that it was easier for people to get to the county courthouse, which is one of the reasons why we've got so many daggum counties exactly. in Georgia, right? You yeah. got it. That's okay. it, for sure. Um, so we had to have a county seat. And um, uh, Milton County, named after John Milton, the War of 18, well, I, I shouldn't say that, Revolutionary War, first Secretary of State of Georgia. They named it Alpharetta because nobody knows. Uh, there's a lot of theories. A lot of theories. There ain't nothing in writing. Uh, so then they started to say, well, all right, what spot do we want? What's, what's centrally located for these people? Uh, you know, what's easy to get to? Uh, we would need high ground because these people coming in will have to, have to, you know, sleep under their wagon some or whatever. So they picked this spot. Um, and this is Alpharetta we're talking about. Alpharetta, right here, and uh, if you go across, um, if you go across Highway Nine, uh, you'll see a, a, a his, historical marker about um, a New Prospect Campground. It was a campground for uh, the Methodist Church. People would come after they get their crops laid by, and they would have camp meetings and. It, it, and it was, it was a safe place to be. Plenty of spring water and that kind of stuff. So that, that, that's the reason this particular spot was, was chosen for Alpharetta. Plus, there was an important intersection a couple of blocks down the street where there was a state mail road and a federal road. Uh, so it was easy for people to get into. So gotcha. that's, that's how this was picked. Yeah. And, you may, you yeah, may how pick Roswell up Roswell. Come about, yeah. Pat. the story on Roswell is somewhat easier. It <laughs> basically began the same way with the guy who stubbed his toe on gold in Dahlonega and just started the nation's first gold rush. And um, Roswell King, the namesake of Roswell, lived down on the coast at Darien and he, he was a planter and he worked for the bank of Darien and uh, they figured there was going to be a lot of opportunities up here with the gold, so they sent him up to see what was going on. And on the way, he, cro you know, he crossed over the Chattahoochee, and he found Vickery Creek and Big Creek, and he realized that there was an opportunity for manufacturing. So when he went back home, he started getting his friends interested in moving up the north. And, this area has a better climate than the coast back right back something about he was sick or well, might no back, back then there was malaria malaria the and, and you didn't have to worry about that so you um, were above the nat line so to speak exactly. i guess <laughs> definitely right? definitely there's not a whole where lot is of, that nat line is it making it's just below me <laughs> <laughs> um so um he you know he ran with a fairly wealthy crowd and for years, I did. I never thought about the fact that you know, where did uh, the Bullocks and the Kings live? And um, there's another local historian named Michael Hitt, and I went to a program that he was doing, and to my shock, he said that they basically brought their families up and put them in abandoned log cabins that the Cherokees had left behind. So these fancy coastal ladies with their servants and everything were living in a log cabin until they got their grand houses built. No kidding. Now did he start the manufacturing plant right away? 
Um, he started building it very, very quickly. He came in, up here in 1836, and by 1857, the city was finally chartered, but it was a pretty good-sized town by then. But Alpharetta started before Roswell? Pretty close to the same time. Mm -hmm. Alpharetta itself uh, was started in 1858 for the new county. Now, there mm -hmm. were settlements all around. Right. There was a settlement here. Uh, go down uh, go down Old Milton Parkway to Preston Ridge. Before you get to Preston Ridge, there's a dip. Um, and that, right across from the expressway from Avalon, down in that hole where that creek is, where that hill was yes. supposed to be? It's, yeah, it's behind the uh, QT By the there. QT, okay. It's, yeah, this is before you get to QT, the, 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 where it bottoms out there. There was a, uh, a mill built, corn mill, a grist mill, later on became a cotton gin, had a, had a, uh, had a uh, post office there, a general really? store, and it was called um, uh, farmhouse. farmhouse, farmhouse, and we didn't know about it until just several years ago. It was on the map way back in those days. That is an is another. There's another theory that that's originally Alpharetta. Uh, the original, it, the it, starting spot. It was. It was like a shopping center now. You know, you had everything you want. There had there was a church. Uh, and uh, it, it was the, the post office, as a matter of fact, talking about Alpharetta, when Alpharetta was created, the post office was moved from farmhouse up there. So, so that was a big deal, right? Post office was a big deal, yeah, right? Yeah, big deal. That, that was, it wasn't an accident that these things occurred along the, the Georgia mail route road. Mail route, yeah. okay. And then um, the federal road, was that what uh, Chief Van created, the Federalist Road, the Cherokee You Chief? know, I wish I knew more. It is, runs through Cherokee and, and, and East, and I believe, I believe you're right about Van. Well, I what I read was that the U.S. government, you know, negotiated with him because he was half Cherokee and half something else. He had been He's a, the boss. been to American yeah. school so he could speak yeah. English, so to speak, and, and he set those up, and then he set up those little taverns of a day trip, everyone, and he, Mm -hmm. charged people like a hotel and he made his own liquor and his own food and oh, that's how you know about it yeah <laughs> yeah well actually the indians have quite a developed trail system um in roswell the high tower trail goes is that high tower road high tower road and so a lot of the early roads basically just followed the path the trail. that the indians had already cut so how did they cut those trails do we know i mean did they Animal trails. Yeah. Animal trails. They started out with animal trails. And there's a fascinating story you could probably do another whole uh, program on. The Cherokees developed a way of bending trees. They would take a sapling and bend it and stake it so that it couldn't, couldn't, grow. couldn't grow straight. And then it would start up like this. So you had these bending trees. And they never would tell the white people what they meant, but those marked um, trails. They also marked where you could go to get water, and um, you can like signs exactly. Mm -hmm. And um, road signs. You can still find them. Uh, like, do you know where one is? Um, 
if it's still there, there was one at the entrance to Mountain Creek Subdivision, right in Roswell, right by their swimming pool. Really? In Bent Tree, the mountain community. Yeah. There's a bunch of them in the, in there, and um, a lot of people find find a bent tree and they think, you know, uh, something's found, wrong with it. No, them? they think I, fa oh. I found one because there's all kind of people looking for them, and uh, you really have to look closely because they've got to have an enormous base. Because, because of the age. Exactly. They have to be yeah. over 200 Can't years old. Can't be a little new sapling that, <laughs> no. that some kid bent over, right? That's right. They have to be over 200 years old. All right. Old. So we got the, we got these people starting to settle around. And then what's the commerce like? What are, what are they mostly doing? Who are some of the families? They're farmers. Farmers? Uh, there are a number of families uh, that were here. Mary Manning, by the way, and her brother, um, what was his name? Uh, was her brother Reuben? No, her her brother. Uh, it'll come to me in a minute. They sold sixty acres to the brand new county, and that's that's what the city was built. So in. the city of Alpharetta was owned by the Mannings, and they sold. That but it wasn't a city; it was just a county, yeah, a county yeah. purchase. Uh, and um, and the Manning, there's a couple of Manning residences oh, still yeah. around, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, Mary didn't live in the Manning house down on uh, uh, Cumming Street. It was, wasn't built yet. but The uh, red brick one. The red yeah. brick one. Right. Um, and then what, I, what they did when they began the uh, county seat, they took most of that 60 acres, uh, broke it up into city lots, auctioned it off, to the highest bidder. If they had a hundred lots, uh, the highest bidder got the first pick, you know, all, wow. the, way, all okay. the way through. So they got some revenue from, from that, and that's how they built the courthouse and the jail and started, the, uh, set up the offices. So who so came forth. to the city? Was it people even out further outside them that were already here? Or was it people already here trying to move into a city? A, yeah. a lot of them were people who came because of the, they got land in, in the lottery. But yeah. then they got their 60 acres or 40, whatever their yeah, acreage they, is. Didn't they, they decide to move here. into town? There wasn't, there wasn't a town yet. Well, it sounds like we're trying to build a town. It, exactly. exactly. Um, I do a lot of uh, genealogy work. Mm -hmm. And I discovered, looking into my own family, that um, the Tatums were in Elbert County over in the South Carolina mm -hmm. line in 1830 and by 1840 they had come up this way and as I started doing genealogies for other local families I discovered that lots of them lived in Elbert County and came at the same time so these folks knew each other before they came up here but what happened was there was revolutionary war lotteries in a lot of places you had to be a resident but Georgia was different in that they had a few Revolutionary War land lotteries where you didn't have to be a resident. So if you go and look at Elbert County, you'll find that the Teasleys, the Ruckers, the Maxwells, all these folks who came up here that have roads named after their Revolutionary War relatives are in Elbert County. And then in 1832, the kids got land up here and came here. Oh, and so a lot of people don't know this. So Elbert County was probably pretty popular because back in the early days, right, we had Savannah and Darien and we right. had the, the rivers coming down there and people started coming up river over time and farming, right? Right. Because uh, yes. our first capital was in Louisville, I understand. Yeah. 
Yeah, now, now that way. A lot of the uh, Everett County was uh, established, I think, around the Revolutionary War time period. Um, most of the people that settled in this area, uh, west of, of uh, Elberton, Elbert County and so forth, they came, uh, originally their, their ancestors came in through Virginia from, from uh, uh, Northern Ireland and, and mostly in, in uh, England. Mm -hmm. And they made their way out till they found new land going west and then they ran into the Alleghenies, so that kind of put them going Got south. And, and a lot of the people that you find in the 1860 census, Stevens County, uh, Gwinnett County, um, Hall County, they were, they were all opened up for settlement earlier. And a lot of them came in, established residency, and then they, they moved on here as this opened up. So we talk about starting a city. Uh, there were there were no big there was no big population here, but the people that bought those city lots they were mostly in it for the money. You said I got a chance to make some money. I can set up a business. Uh, you know I can do this oh, and that. Okay. All these people coming in. I can build a hotel. They got to have a place to stay on court day. There was superior court twice a year and then inferior courts once a month. So th they were they were looking ahead and. Uh, you know, they weren't using this as farmland. They, they, this was just business and, and residences. Right. Okay, so so the commerce was mostly farming at one point. What were they farming? Cotton. Everybody was cotton, even down in the Roswell. Mm-hmm. They were farming cotton. Yeah, Roswell was not a big farming community. Um, the farmers kind of mountainous a little bit, isn't well, it? Well, no, they could farm down there, but the people in Alpharetta grew the cotton, and they didn't have a way to transport it other than wagons. So they would transport it down to Roswell because Roswell had the Chattahoochee. And, and a mill that and eventually a, bought the cotton, right? Exactly. Okay, so. And the railroad went to Roswell, which it did not come, it didn't come through. Where Alabama. did it go? Where was it in Roswell? It was on the, on the south side of the Chattahoochee, about Highway 9. Yeah. And it ran from Shambly to there. It, it didn't come on into Roswell because of the river. You had to cross the river. Mm -hmm. Right. Then there were wagon loads waiting on the other side, just kind of like now. Was there a bridge in or a yeah. boat or what? Well, it, it's interestingly, in the late 1800s, there were a lot of ferries and there were a good many bridges. There were actually more ways to cross the Chattahoochee <laughs> then than there are now. All right, so that brings up a thing. A lot Traffic. of people ask about these roads that are named ferries, Johnson Ferry, blah, right. blah, blah. Jet Ferry. So those, how, were those active businesses owned by yeah. those people? Yes. One one thing that kind of comes into play with that, um, the uh, the Cherokees took control of this area from the Creeks back in the 1700s. They uh, they beat the Creeks bad, and they pushed them on the other side of the Chattahoochee. But they didn't just push them on the other side; they pushed them over the first ridge beyond the Chattahoochee. So they controlled both sides. Oh, they, the they had ferries and they had bridges. 
all these bridge roads, you know, uh, the same thing. There's, there's so I read that the Cherokees and the Creeks played a, a war game, which we which became lacrosse. It's a it's a beginning of lacrosse, and that they played it in ball ground. Yes. The area on the Etowah River near ball ground, and that's how ball ground got its exactly. name. Exactly, and they played it in the nude. They played. <laughs> and there was no rule about. How did you know that? How did you know that? <laughs> I just. She t- just you research. read that? Where did you find was that? Was it research? the nudist that was writing that? <laughs> no, I, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you later. But um, So all these high school kids need to play in the news, what you're telling me. No, I'm but just kidding. There, there were no rules like what we have today. The teams didn't have to be the same size. So you would have a team that had 12 people and they might be playing against 40 on the other side. And they were. Very vicious. It was. Yeah, you were trying to kill somebody. They're busy, exactly. right? They're busy all right. Yeah. So, all right, so we um, we move along, and these towns start springing up, right, which is commerce, which kind of reminds me a little bit about what's going on today, right? <laughs> yes. It kind of got hot, and it was, it was a hot little place, and it was cool. And why were people moving to, to these two areas? Well, business opportunities primarily. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, this is... This is where the cotton gins were. Okay, you where had, was where were they? Cotton gins, the cotton house. You remember the cotton house? Yeah, it's where uh, right where here in downtown Alpha. Where, where the is. new hotel is? That was one right across, the new hotel. across the street, directly across um, uh, Milton Avenue. The old brick buildings at Francis Byers. I don't know if yeah. you remember. Yeah, uh, there was there was a cotton brokerage there. Where the clothes horse is now. My friend's got a store. Yeah, there. okay, yeah. that's a nice store. That was a, uh, a gin well a warehouse. The, it, it was, it, no, it wasn't gin. It was a brokerage. Okay. They bought cotton uh, from from the from the farmers, farmers, paid them, and then they had the cotton hauled down to Roswell, where it would be either milled well, or so what, further. But the gin was across the street where the hotel is. I thought the gin is where you kind of the gin, the gin. There were three gins. Okay. Not all at the same time. One, one was at the one was just up the street. At the, it would be the uh, east east side of Church Street and the north side, no, north side of Church Street and uh, west side of Highway 9. Okay. There's a, it was a little gray brick house there for years. That was right. That. So that's right across the street from the Alpharetta Methodist Church. Yeah. That's straight right yeah. there. Okay, there was a gin there, and then there, there was there was also one just the uh, the the hotel, the you know new hotel adjacent to it where it is now was another gin, and and that was uh, Gardner Gin. Okay, and then where the three story building is, I'm not sure what they call it now. Uh, four stories it was mm-hmm. going to be the club and so yeah forth. yeah. Uh, there was a Liberty gin, Hall. Liberty Hall. There was a gin there. Not all these were opened at the same time. And there was John B. Broadwell's in Crabapple. Then they had one in Crabapple. Right. Crabapple had two at one. Crabapple, you're talking about these collections of people, uh, and, and I guess like most small towns or south areas at that time, these were crossroad communities. You had Crabapple, you had Birmingham, you had Hopewell, you had... Um, Fields Crawford. Yeah. That's my town. <laughs> I talk about that. That's Nobody your dirt. About That's that. your dirt. <laughs> yeah. Fields uh, Crossroads. I'll get started on that. I don't know yeah, we'll stop. come back to that. Yeah. Uh, 
that's, that was named after uh, Lawson Fields, who was the first state senator in, in our county. Okay. And that's where the first church was established, Providence Church. And the store, the, the Union Restaurant there was the first post office. So, and then they had a doctor there. That was, that was a town. That was a big deal. Yeah. But you, know, you had O.C., you had Warsaw. All these places. So Fields Crossroad is basically where Bethany Bend and Hopewell intersect in that area. No. No? No. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of what that might be. But it's where, uh, it, it's where Freemanville and Providence Road. Oh, Freemanville and Providence. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All the, right. the roads, the roads, there's been a store where the Union is since who knows when, probably before the Union Rush Indians were kicked out. Uh, no, not, not that I know of. I don't know where the Union Restaurant got its name, but Freemanville, as it approaches Providence Road, used to bend out and go toward the store. Okay. Uh, and that is mainly because there was a store there back when the road was. Yeah, you, know, you had to go by the out, store, right? And you had the church. So that's where um, the Hayfield subdivision sits up on that big knoll right up in yeah, there. Yeah, that's a nice that's a Right nice by area. the Union uh, yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Okay. Connie and I were talking earlier about John B. Broadwell, whose um, gin is the Milton restaurant. And John, John B. was very famous when I was growing up because he developed a strand of cotton that put more had more bowls per stem than um, he had I think he for a while had a world record and yeah. they had one of his stems of cotton in the state capitol they had a natural history museum where all mm -hmm. the school kids would go down there and we would see this bowl of cotton we had it reproduced when we built the Milton History Museum and there's a photo in there of John B. down at the state capitol with his, you know, prize-winning cotton. And I always tell the school kids when I give them tours about John B. because he was born, lived his whole life, and died in the same house. And when he was born, it was in Cherokee. When he was growing up, it was in Milton. By the time he died, it was in Fulton. And he Where is moved. that house? It's, it's, the, um, it's the restaurant there. Let's see, Milton's, Milton's restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. yeah, that was the that house. That was his house. But it was down the street, located almost directly across from the, the Milton Library on Mayfield. So they moved it? Yeah. Moved it up yeah. there. Um, John B. is an interesting character. He, had, he developed his own strain of cotton called double-jointed cotton, and he claimed he got four bales off of an acre, which is doubtful, but, but he, I think he had a better yield than most people. But he, he thought highly of himself. Um, his, his first wife passed away, and the nurse, the young nurse there that took care of her, uh, he married. And there's a picture of him in the local paper, and he was 92. I don't know if she was what? maybe 40. He says, yeah, think about starting a new family. <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty interesting right Those there. people that had the biggest cotton bowls, and you know, yeah. just, just keep going all along with it. There's a lot of puns in there. <laughs> All right, so let's go back down to Roswell, and we've got uh, we got Roswell King in there, and he's coming along. And um, you know, how does this all tie in with the Roosevelts? Okay, the Roosevelts. Um, Bullock Hall. 
um, Mitty uh, Bullock married uh, Theodore Roosevelt, the father of Teddy. Teddy. And he, one of the big things in Roswell history is when he was president, he came to town in 1905, visited the house, and he went to see, uh, he went to uh, Barrington Hall to see one of his mother's bridesmaids. And it's, um, still to this day, that's, you know, big history in, uh, in Roswell. And um, we talk a lot about the Dunwoodies and the Bullocks, but my favorite family is the Coleman's. The Coleman's. Yes, the Coleman's. There's a bunch of them. <laughs> there, there are. I, I wrote an article one time and I said, you know, even today, if you throw a rock at Roswell, chances are you'll hit a Coleman. And the reason I like the Coleman's so much is that uh, one of the earliest Coleman's was a man named Valentine Coleman. And he owned a lot of land along Woodstock. And uh, every time one of his kids would marry, He'd build, they'd build a house on his land. And so Coleman Road and all of those things, that was all his property. And when he died, he was buried in the old Roswell Cemetery. And many years later, the city of Roswell wanted to, um, they needed to put in a water main and they wanted to expand the little street that runs through the cemetery. And they had to get the Coleman family permission. So sometime in the 1950s, nobody seems to remember when, the city came to the Coleman family reunion and got their permission to move the headstones, but they didn't move the bodies. And I had heard this rumor forever. And I'm on the committee that's working to restore the old Roswell Cemetery, and the city hired a guy to do ground penetrating radar. And I went over the day he was doing it, and I was telling him the story, and I said, does that machine of yours you know, can it see through asphalt? And he says, yes, ma'am, it can. So I went out and stopped the traffic. No. He, he goes over there and he says, hello, Valentine. <laughs> He's under the street. No way. He is. I say, Today. Yes, I say hey to him every time I go past him. <laughs> and that's the cemetery in Roswell that goes up by the water tower and yep. goes over and, and starts out to Woodstock Road. All right. Um, can I bounce back to, yeah, yeah. to, uh, to the farmhouse community for a minute? Yeah. They had a church there. I'm not sure that I mentioned that. But the place is kind of isolated, and it's kind of, it was forgotten about. And Billy Bates, who I may have mentioned earlier, he was, he was the best historian we've ever had. He passed away a little while ago. And, and Aubrey Morris uh, both uh, kind of revived that. And... Several of us with him and, and Aubrey went down to look at it. It's a half dam. It's a stone dam. And it, the other half, I guess, deteriorated. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's pretty far off the road. And uh, uh, Donald Mitchell was one that was very active in trying to get it, make, make it, Who make owns it hard it? out. Who owns it? The city owns it now. Oh, they do. Um, okay. And uh, this this last uh, <coughs> bond issue has funds for uh, building a, a, a way to get down to it mm -hmm. and and uh, building some sort of, of park. We don't know exactly. Probably a heritage park. Uh, 
I've been down there to see it. It's, oh, yeah? Yeah, okay. it's pretty cool. It's yeah. kind of hard to get down there right now, but um, it yeah. is right beside 400. Yeah. I mean, you, the yeah. car's going by. Yeah, you can throw a rock from the, yeah. from the bridge and hit yeah. it. Yeah, right there. But uh, bringing that up, um, uh, by the way, we did a video of it, uh, and we we had some we had a uh, outfit come out and, and do a, a radar uh, search to try and find out where. The same guy that found Valentine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they they found some some of the uh, some some where some of the buildings existed and so forth, and we don't know what all is next. But I brought I bring that up just to say that Alpharetta has been extremely generous to those of us in the history community and. Uh, spent a lot of money and and uh, we we're just and Roswell too, right? Yeah, I mean, it's opportunity real. to say that we're grateful for that. Yeah, Roswell just approved money for uh, a museum, and Roswell has an incredible collection, wow. most of which nobody has ever gotten to see because there was no place to display it. So I'm pretty sure that if you haven't already seen it, you will see some one soon where the Roswell Historical Society is trying to raise money to uh, build out the museum. The city's going to actually provide the space, but um, the interior and, uh, and the collection will have to be paid for by the public, so. One advantage Roswell has, um, uh, it was settled by wealthy people. Exactly. Um, and we weren't. It, we, we, most everybody else around was like us, poor farmers. But uh, Roswell, I don't know, let's see, the Smiths, Bullocks, Dunwoodies, Kings, Pratt family, mm -hmm. uh, they, they have, the, 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 their homes are still there, most of them. Um, but they, those folks didn't have to move around, you know, to find a new farm or, you know, find a new place to work or whatever. So they saved everything. Plus they had good stuff. They had a display of uh, a clothing, uh, uh, this is maybe 15 years or so ago, of the Smith family. It's incredible what they have. Dresses and suits and formal wear. And I Just can't had wait. it stored away. Yeah, yeah. All the Smith of, there's all kind of jewelry. and um, That's fabulous. I was in their archives one day talking to the, the archivist, and she was telling me that they actually have a letter. I think it's from Barrington King. It was correspondence between him and Longfellow. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, there'll, there'll be some cool stuff. All right, there. so let's talk about that. So then, where does that come in with African American community, slaves, that kind of stuff? Where were those people? Okay. Uh, most of the African Americans had their own communities, right? Well, um, that brings us to something we really want to talk about. I don't know when this is going to air, but um, on February 27th, as part of Black History Month. All four of the North Fulton um, Historical Societies are coming together to do a program on the Bailey Johnson School. Um, for a long time, up until 1950 actually, black students in the area only got free public education through the seventh grade. If they wanted to go to high school, they would enroll in an Atlanta public school, but they had to provide their own transportation and they had to pay tuition. And since most of them were not well-to-do enough to do that, there was a large number of uh, African-Americans whose lifetime prospects were limited by the fact they had no high school education. And in 1950, um, 
Fulton County opened the Bailey Johnson School. And uh, when it closed in 1967, it marked the end of segregated public education in North Fulton. There was a similar school in the southern part that was open for another year. But the school has um, set, it, well, first of all, it was grades 1 through 12. And uh, there's a local gentleman named Charles Grogan who has made it his lifetime work to collect memorabilia and photographs and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, he, he was on their state championship basketball team, and there's a picture of the basketball team in the Alpharetta I've seen it, yeah. Museum. And uh, the school was, the high school was extremely small. Um, Where was it located? It's on Kimball Bridge, and the building is still there, but it's been... That's the Fulton County's got it as it a... It was a maintenance facility. Maintenance facility, yeah. so that's right. across the street from Avalon, back up behind uh, George's, is it George, Gwinnett yeah, behind, Tech, yeah. on the way to the back side of the mall. Right, and it's been up for sale for a long time, and... We all thought, thought for sure that because of the value of that property that it would be bulldozed. And all I wanted to do was make sure that Charles got his historic marker. <laughs> so we, we made one and it's in storage uh, right now because we don't want it to get run over by construction. Right. A gentleman, has, a company has purchased it. He understands the importance of the school and he's going to build He's going to restore the main school and the gym to the way it looked in 1950 and add an office building on the campus. And he's going to um, have events for the community on the campus on weekends. And it's one of those stories with a happy ending. And so we're doing um, an event where we're going to talk about black education. And um, we have a panel of you mentioned the communities. There were four main communities that sent um, students to Bailey Johnson, and we'll have someone from each of those communities. So where were they? Um, Sheltonville, which is now called Sacrag in Johns Creek. Um, the Groveway community, which is in Roswell. Mm -hmm. um, Alpharetta. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then that was the one, by, they were mostly around Kimball Bridge. Most African Americans yeah, lived right. down there, right? Um, and... Um, what was the other? I was northern part of Sandy Springs. And as uh, best we've been able to tell, the land that's now the city of Milton, we, we can't find that it had an African-American school, so people, if they went to school, were probably homeschooled. Um, if anybody knows of one, we'd love to hear about it, but we haven't found one. That, but, by the way, has spent hundreds of hours on this project working with uh, the former residences, residents over there and working with the developer. and uh, I don't know if she'll ever get the credit she deserves, but she, she spent a lot of time there. Yeah. Well, one thing that I'm, you know, I'm really excited about is that we're looking for, and I think we may have one who's going to agree to do it, one of the students who was at Bailey Johnson when it closed. The students who were in the junior class when school opened up in the fall, they were the first to integrate Milton High School and Roswell High School. In 67 or so? 
Mm -hmm. Okay. So it'll be uh, really interesting to have that perspective. And yeah. I, I, yeah, that's cool. So I hope I hope everybody will come to St. James Church on February 22nd. Well, I don't know that we're going to make it by then, but maybe we'll, <laughs> when you do it again. Um, all right, so we had talked. If, if I can yep. interrupt you, you brought up the slavery, and uh, I'd, I'd like to chime in on that a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> the, um, the, the war started. It was about to start uh, after Lincoln was elected president, and uh, all the southern states started calling for um, secession conventions. Um, and uh, each county elected, I believe it was two. I know Milton County elected two representatives to go to the convention. And these people uh, ran for the opportunity. And so we picked, or Milton picked, two guys who were anti-secession. And of course, they voted that way. And back in those days, the, the political power and the commercial power and everything else you can think of was in South Georgia, you know, along the coast or whatever right. all the plantations were. But to back up with this, um, the two people they elected, one was a young doctor here in Alpharetta, James C. Street, and the other was Jackson Graham. Jackson Graham was a big farmer over on the east side. I uh, don't know if he had property on the Chattahoochee, but probably. He owned 25 slaves. Jackson did. And, and Street owned one. And yet they did not support secession. Then there's some numbers that go along with this. I, 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 I never knew or thought too much about how many slaves we might have had here, but I looked it up once and we had 100, exactly 100 slaveholders and a little, little over 600 uh, slaves. In this area? In, in Milton County. Milton County. So and a lot of people don't know it, but the Cherokees had slaves. Yeah, they really don't. They don't know that. That's that's a pretty interesting fact. I studied a little bit of that, and I'm just really kind of blown away. Mm -hmm. But which brings me up to my my new whiskey. favorite ah. whiskey. <laughs> so this is called uh, Uncle Nearest, and so the story behind this is that Uncle Nearest was actually the guy that made Jack Daniel's whiskey. He was a, a slave, I think, of Jack Daniels, and he made this whiskey. And so his, what I understand is his his descendants have decided to kind of re, redo that. So it's a Tennessee whiskey, not a bourbon. So the difference is on Tennessee whiskey, once they distill it, they pour it through charcoal before they put it in the barrel. So this is like Jack Daniels, George Dickel. But it's gotten to be really, really popular, and these and these descendants have kind of gone out and started raising money, and they have raised a ton of money. They're building their own facility and everything, so you'll get to go see this before long. So, I thought that was kind of cool to tie in with that. Um, what about moonshine? Since we're on whiskey, well, Pat, maybe she'll tell you know, the story about. What does that say? To say. Uh, Rain makes grain and grain makes whiskey or yeah. something like that. And we've got farmers around here. Do we have any moonshine? We had a lot of it. And um, they were kind of headquarters up in Dawsonville, although we, we had moonshiners in this area. Um, the ones in Dawsonville, the mechanics would soup up their cars. And it became sort of like a game. They would come through Alpharetta, and the locals would go signal them that they were that – they, 
that the cops were coming and they'd go down alleys. <laughs> and after the cops passed, they would pull back out and <coughs> head to Roswell where they also were. So they were taking, bringing it from Dawsonville you know, down this way to sell it or to, were they going to Atlanta? They or? were basically going to Atlanta. Okay. And um, so Highway 9, they say, is the original Thunder Road. So that was the way they brought it down, huh? Yep. Trafficking moonshine. Were there, do you know where any moonshine stills were in this area? In this area, is there any? Uh, yeah, there, there, there was one that I, I never saw, but heard about over in Crabapple. It's, uh, it's almost the exact same location as as Milton High School is, but they were scattered all around. Um, but uh, what a lot of the people, the bootleggers here. Um, they they would not make it, but they would haul it. They would assist. They would be two, like a relay race. Like you know, a I'll drive to come and you pick it up. Transfer station. Yeah, yeah. And um, there was one guy named John Elliot Rogers. I can say his name because I don't think any any relatives still around <laughs> and descendants. But he 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 did that. And what his ploy was to hide his moonshine under stove wood. And uh, and and his his buddies used to swear that he he uh, polished that stove wood. It was so slick from handling so so many times. And he also uh, one of one of his tricks too. He would uh, put a mattress in the back of a station wagon and put his wife on top of it. And of course, underneath it was a whiskey. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my wife's sick. I'm going to the yeah, that's That's a good story. I have a a, a personal re remembrance of. Uh, an incident. Uh, there used to be. This is back in the fifties, sixties, I guess. Uh, they didn't sell necessarily wasn't moonshine, but for after hours and weekends, uh, these guys would buy pints, half pints, and they would sell it at night or weekends. And uh, up Maxwell Road, right up the peak, not long, not far yeah. after you get on Maxwell, was a, a, several houses there and. Uh, and uh, one of them had a little, it was like a drive-in laundromat, laundry kind of thing, you know. He'd up, slide his door open and fill your order. And uh, <laughs> I, I was up there one, one Saturday night after the Legion closed, and uh, several of us, we went up there, and he, he saw me and he says, you're Eunice's boy, ain't you? I said, yeah. He said, let me tell you this. If you ever told, tell her that I sold you this, I'll find you and I'll kill you. <laughs> he didn't want to get in he trouble. Was, he, was, uh, he was my great uncle. But anyway, that was the Wood family. There was a lot of them around. My, my grandmother was Wood. And, um, they used to say about them, half of them were in the law business. The other half were in the whiskey business. And... Two-thirds of them were in both. So. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about, let's kind of come into modern day. What do you think, uh, are Roswell and Alpha Rudd successful because they just happened to be in the path of progress? Or were there some things that happened, you know, that really kind of, you know, made people want to come here? What, what would, what's your view on that? Well, I th when I was growing up, I lived in Brookhaven. But my grandfather had a couple of sisters that lived up here. And uh, one of them, Aunt Lizzie Manning, lived at the corner of, of 
coming in Highway 9, and we would come here. Alpharetta never changed. I mean, it was just dead. And Roswell and Alpharetta were clearly separate places back then. There was right. nothing in between but farms. And it really started opening up when they built 400. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, chime in there. They're, they're, everything moved north, you know, the 85 corridor all the way up to who knows how far mm -hmm. north. Uh, it was sort of a natural way. We kind of joined in with that. And, um, and then Atlanta's population growth in the 60s, uh, we had a lot of spillover from that white flight and just sheer numbers they wanted to get out. Uh, and then 400, good grief what it did for us, windward, uh, and, and, uh, Why did windward, why did mobile land pick windward? I, that I, area? I, I don't know, maybe, I, I have no idea, but it's, it's a, it's a gorgeous place, they make a, a big lake, and, uh, uh, you know, a lot of lakefront lots that cost more money than, than the others, but I think the area was right, you know, it was just, they, they were, they had a lot of, uh, a, a good vision, I guess, about what was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they laid the internet line there, you know, yes. which was yeah. a big deal, right? Big, the big way deal they for Alpharetta. put yeah. it in underground or something was mm -hmm. supposed to be big for the reason why we got so much IT stuff. Yeah. What yeah. about you, Roswell? Is there anything in particular that this made it? Is it? I, th I think Roswell kind of, its residential component has a lot to do with the Chattahoochee River and the historic district. People who love history, people who like outdoor recreation are attracted to Well, they feel to like they're in a town, right? right they're Not just a spot. Right. They're attracted to Roswell. Yeah, I got it. <coughs> and it's not unique with these two communities, but the weather and, uh, and schools, of course. I don't know which came first. The, the, all the new people coming in demanding schools or, the, you know, right. whatever, but it keeps them here. Uh, that's right. a big part of it. All right, so what was Canton Street like in the early days? Was that the place or was it the square in Roswell? Um, more the square. Mm -hmm. and, and then Canton kind of developed later on. Um, when did Canton Street kind of take off? Oh, gosh, that's a very good question. I frankly don't remember. <laughs> I, I, I'm just guessing this, maybe 80s. Um, it was residential for a long time. Oh, you time. mean it's for restaurants no, Kent, and stuff? Canton Street and Ross. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm. Well, talking about. when I, you know, when I was in the '70s, when I, you know, that's where we went to the grocery store and all that. That was right. there, it, there was some stuff on the square, but most of the commerce was right around Canton Street. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. But uh, I guess what I was I was thinking about there initially, those were residences that were built. And then I know uh, we had a veterinarian there, Dr. Ball, back in the 50s and 60s. And and then the blacksmith shop popped up. Uh, was Smith, that Moss or somebody else? This was a, this was a Smith family. Okay. Um, and, you know, they there were two, let's see, Naylor Hall is down there. I think it's called something else now. Yeah. It kind of caught on because it was a... Uh, affordable place to hold weddings and other events and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Um, but I, exactly, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly how it went from residential. And of course, as you get further into into uh, 
North Roswell there going south. All the stores were, you know, that was. So let me challenge you a little bit. So, Connie, where, where the city center is now in the green, across from Smoke Jack and all those restaurants, what was there? All right, that that was uh, the the original. Yeah, um, city hall, city hall on the corner or Co- courthouse. Courthouse is on the corner. There were two of them. One. One burned, and uh, the one that was there, there was one there from 1870-something to 55. They tore that down. After after Milton merged with, <laughs> after they took us in, uh, 32, the, 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 the uh, county, you know, we didn't have a county seat there in Fulton County. Did All right, we, we got we to gotta, we gotta re- rehash that for some people, so... The Roswell and Alpharetta area, what county was it originally, and then what's the transition on all that? Um, well, Milton County existed from 1857 to 1932, and uh, uh, Roswell was in Cobb County to 1932, but what happened is the economy drove Milton County into Bankrupt. The arms of, you know, wealthy Fulton County. Uh, I don't know how, how far you want to go with this, but we had we had the, the boll weevil. We had terrible droughts in the 20s, one called the drought of the century, but later on there were two more droughts of the century in the same, you know, 20 years later. Uh, and then one of them especially, the 24 through 27, three years, just it... it, it it decimated farms, and not have, just cotton, mm-hmm. but corn and everything else in the Chattahoochee Basin. It just kind of, you know, yeah. kind of zeroed and in on that. You also had the boll weevil. Boll weevil, yeah. If I didn't mention that, slap me, share that. <laughs> um, and then, of course, the so pre- depression. Milton County went broke, basically, or was yeah. going broke. And so Fulton County, who worked that out for Fulton and Milton? Two people. Uh, we, we had a state senator, was Louis Jones. I don't know if you've ever right. heard of him. He had a funeral home. Right. Yeah. And then a, another guy named C.B. Shirley, and they, they both introduced bills in the House and the Senate. And um, they held an election to see if Milton County wanted to do that first. And it was, it was a 90% yes, because the schools were horrible. Louis said, uh, Louis Jones said, uh, and he was he was trying to sell the idea of, of the merger. He says, "Yeah, our our schools are nothing but shacks in the fields, and and we have no roads to get to them." Um, that that was kind of battered around a lot, but right. uh, so couldn't pay the teachers. Um, the roads didn't do any road work, so it was just a desperate time. And then uh, Roswell. Also, and uh, you told me yesterday that it was several months after yeah. Milton went in. The uh, historic part of Roswell was in Cobb. Most of modern-day Roswell was in Milton. And you said the line was what road? Woodstock Road maybe a little bit? Or? It, it was different places at different times. But, <laughs> um, so, but when the historic district wanted to join in with Fulton, they had to petition the cop commission for permission to secede to, to leave cop. And so they came in um, to Fulton five months after Alpharetta did. And there was another um, county in the southern part of Fulton that uh, named Campbell County. 
that joined at the same, roughly the same time, which is why Fulton County is 61 miles long, because it's actually three different counties all rolled into one. Right. And the Fulton County voters had to approve it as well. It's interesting, before the merger, or before the transaction took place, all the, all the talk was about the merger with Fulton. And then after it was, after Fulton absorbed Milton, you know, right. <laughs> there wasn't any merger to it. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so uh, people ask me about the castle in Crabapple. Do y'all know anything about the castle in Crabapple? I know that a truck driver built it, and that's about it. Uh, he just he just always wanted a castle, and so he built him one. How about you, Pat? You, you got any stories on that? Well, yeah, I mean, basically, that is the story, but um, he built it himself. And, like, it's got a bathtub that he carved out of solid granite. And it's got a moat. And, um, so I stopped there when I was a kid while he was building that. I was out bush hogging on my tractor. And I asked him about it, and he told me the story that he had been in World War II and fell in love with this, I think she was a German lady. And he promised her he'd build her a castle right. if she married him and came back to the U.S. And I can't remember, <laughs> but they lived in Dunwoody or Sandy Springs, and he bought that piece of property, and he... He did. He built that thing pretty much all the way by himself. Yeah, you know? I, I think of it as a serious version of the big chicken. Yeah, <laughs> it's our People big give chicken. Dire give directions. Yeah, it's our did big chicken. Did you grow up over in that area? You say yeah, I grew up right behind where Roswell High School is now, next to a yeah. Coleman, Dorsey Coleman. Yeah, yeah. If y'all yeah. remember him. Yeah, yeah. oh, gosh. I, I, know, I know Dorsey, or knew Dorsey. He passed away, but... Yeah. Um, Pat met him at... The Waffle House one day. Yeah, she heard true. him talking with some of his buddies. She walked. She walked over. I want to get in this. She said, <laughs> and well, from that, she she invited. We had a interview program going on. The city paid for. It. Interviewed seventy something local seniors, and Pat got him to come over and, and do one. He was fantastic. My mom's forever mad at him because he's the first guy that taught me how to chew tobacco. So oh. I <laughs> chew tobacco ever since. Um, any famous people from the area that? People yeah, need to know about. I can name some. Okay. Um, uh, two of them are baseball players. Nat Rucker, who played for the Super Boss, Brooklyn Super Boss, and then Dodgers, back in uh, from 1907 to about 1914. What position left, he played? Left-handed left pitcher. Pitcher. Uh, he he along with some others are uh, reputedly uh, invented the knuckleball. Really? But, uh, I don't know if that was the case. But he was a lousy team, great pitcher, and uh, uh, he, as I said, I think uh, he pitched a no-hitter. I think he's, I can't remember. He won the same number of games that he lost, and doing that with a bad team is good. That's pretty good. And he lives, you know, the uh, log house there on the old Rucker Road, uh, right off of uh, uh, Broadwell Road? So it's a little dirt road. It goes log out to the... House. Yeah, it it's it's had um, it's been upgraded over the years, but um, it's it's got some stone. It's uh, Rucker and where? It, it's it's the corner of Old Rucker and Rucker. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's where Knapp grew up. That's that's his grandfather was the first Rucker who came to the area in eighteen. Which is right there, also at Broadwell, mid Broadwell. Yeah. Bro it's Broadwell. Yeah. Broadwell. Yeah. And right across the street was his brother. 
who owned the cotton gin and, and brought electricity to Crab Apple, by the way. Uh, and uh, his name was Joel. And uh, Joel had a son named Johnny Rucker, who nothing didn't have an official Georgia High School Association team. Nobody did in those days here. But he played high school at Milton. He went on to UGA and played two, three years there. And then he was, uh, he uh, played a little bit in Atlanta and his contract was bought by the New York Giants. And uh, the, we have his photo on the cover of a live magazine back in 1940. And a nice story. And, and one of the nice things about the story is there's a lot of photos of Crabapple back in those days, including the, of the gin. Uh, interesting, he said, uh, <coughs> I don't know how the blue, Johnny said, you know, the sharecroppers have ruined the land. I was thinking, I bet they, <laughs> I bet they didn't enjoy that there that much either. Right. But he had five years in the majors. He, uh, there's some stories about it. Maybe he hurt his shoulder. Uh, the manager of the Giants and he never got along too well. We, we, we think, or we read, and his name was Mel Ott. He was a Hall of Famer. But anyway, having two, two players, major league players that live like, 20 feet away from one another, just sort of incredible. But Crabapple was a baseball town. They had, their own, they had the Rucker League. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, since I'm the Roswell person today, I think I should mention that Nap Rucker, when he retired from baseball, lived in Roswell. He lived in Primrose Cottage, which was oh, really? the first house, um, re first residence completed in Roswell. And he was mayor of Roswell. Well, let, now, me, let, me, let me tell you something. All right. Now, I got one better. Okay. <clears throat> he was interviewed in a, in a, a, a magazine, a, a monthly magazine. Uh, the, co the cover was color, and um, uh, he said, I can't wait for the season to be over so I can get back home to Alpharetta. So no. <laughs> just take that. Go with it. <laughs> That's and, awesome. And the, uh, the the Rutgers were known for baseball and fighting after the baseball game. Fighting after baseball game. Sort of that, yeah. All right. So, is there anything that that people ask you or questions you see pop up? So we kind of, I mean, what do you hear? What do people ask you that maybe we haven't talked about? That's kind of cool and different or interesting. Mm. Well, I, I went to Milton High School and I was on the hundredth committee, hundredth anniversary committee. And um, I love sports there, and I was there when a lot of the really good teams played in the 50s. And um, Milton won a, its first state championship in 55, uh, baseball. And we had some super athletes then. Most of them were almost 20 years old. <laughs> then you know they learned the eighth grade real good. Uh, uh, That's hilarious. But there's a lot of is this a lot of interest in that, and you know I've read everything I can find on it, so I always enjoy talking about it. And uh, there's only one of them left now from that time. But uh, mm. he, he was Milton's first super superstar. His name was Gene Estes. He uh, he could do everything. He went to Georgia on a football scholarship and broke his leg and came home married his sweetheart but he could he was the man he was the man yeah he wow what about Roswell anything people ask you about I get asked uh, because I take a special interest in the 
the cemeteries. I get asked a lot about the cemeteries. And uh, I get, the one I get asked about the most is actually um, on Kimball Bridge in um, Alpharetta's, the old Big Creek Cemetery. Hmm. It's got a big marker in the front of it that said it was uh, founded in 1795. First of all, that's not right. It's not? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, cemeteries are dated from the first burial. There are people in that cemetery that were born in the 1790s, but um, it's kind of it's not totally abandoned, but it's surrounded by really nice subdivisions, and people in that subdivision are always curious about it. And when Connie mentioned earlier that there was a church at Farmhouse, the original Big Creek Church was at Farmhouse, and then they built a new church on Kimball Bridge across from where the cemetery is. And that church burned, and when it burned, the congregation moved further out Kimball Bridge and um, built a brick church and started a new cemetery. And they left uh, money, they put a, a trust fund to care for the old cemetery, but uh, it had five people on it, and the grandchildren of all the people buried there have died of old age. And Pat is an expert in a lot of areas. And well, how Pat? How can I buy me a burial plot in the city in the city Alpharetta City <laughs> Cemetery? Uh, oh, I hate that you asked me that question. She's <laughs> on the cemetery committee for the city. Um, the um, the story of that cemetery is interesting because uh, a man named A.T. Camp. That's Mary Manning's brother. I couldn't think of. That's Arthur that's Camp. Oh, okay, Arthur. Um, Arthur's daughter died um, in 1861, and he sold, I think it was, what, six acres to the city for a cemetery so that she Had could a place be, to bury his daughter. Yep. And um, then people who lived adjacent to that property decided that they would start selling land in there. And some of them kept records. Most of them didn't. Um, years later, the city decided they wanted to figure out what was going on, so they hired a professional firm to come out and survey it. They came up with the new numbering system, and now we constantly get requests from people that say, you know, I've got this deed, my plot is such and such, but we don't know where it is because the numbers have all changed. Oh. So if you, if you buy one, you need to buy it from um, somebody who... You can, you it's can reputable. It's somebody you can trust who actually knows where the plot is. Um, if you can find somebody to sell you one. It, exactly. Um, I, think, I think everybody come, would like to be, well, I say everybody. Several of us would love to be buried there, but well, you know, um, we may just, just go out we, and dig a hole yeah, sometime. We mentioned Aunt Lizzie and Uncle Bob earlier. They had a son named Robert Henson Manning who died when he was nine years old of the Spanish flu. And at the time... Aunt Lizzie and Uncle Bob bought four plots. They had a daughter that um, they thought would be buried there. And she wound up uh, marrying a northerner and is buried up north. And so I've been talking to her daughter, who's the only surviving member of that branch, about selling me the one that was intended for her mother. Oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> but. She lives out in Texas, and I hope she doesn't know how much 
those things are worth now because I, I would like to get a bargain on it. Yeah, yeah, it's gotten expensive. Okay, well, I really do appreciate y'all coming today. and. And, and folks, if y'all would like to get a hold of them, just email me and I'll get you their email and contact information or look them up at the Alpharetta Historical Society, right? And then the Roswell Historical Roswell Society. Roswell Historical Society. Can they Society. find you that way? Uh, yeah. Alpharetta, no, Milton County Historical Mil yeah. Society. Milton County. Yeah, and if I could just tie on to what okay. you're saying. We did a book uh, back during the Alpharetta Sesquicentennial Celebration. It's called Alpharetta, no, Milton County, the early days. Uh, that's on sale uh, at, at uh, City Hall that uh, people who want to learn more about some of the things we've talked about, they can do that. And then, of course, we have the uh, museum that Pat and I both worked on and others um, that's on the first floor of the uh, City Hall. Let's see, that would be the s uh, southeast corner. It's a small museum, but it's, uh, it's, we nice. Think it's well done. It's nice. So uh, folks like might... You know, somebody coming in out of town and want to know about Alfred, that's probably a good place to take him. Great. Connie's being modest. He did mention that he wrote the book he just talked about. <laughs> that's just how he got to be Alfred, well, the official historian. We're thankful to both of y'all for your time and your energy and for doing what you've done and preserving the, you know, the history for this area for people like me. So, um, we appreciate them being here. Appreciate y'all being uh, uh, listening to the podcast. I hope you got something out of it. So thank you for uh, staying with us for another edition of A Beach Talk.